You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Good morning. Good afternoon. What? What? I don't. I'm not. I'm not. I'm like not hearing anything. Did I'm doing something wrong? This is Amy Ressler, and I'm here with the Extension think, Hour. What's going on, Jake? I think your volume on your my uh, volume. It might okay. be turned down. Oh, there, there we it go. Is. There we hear it the is music now. It's a Friday. It is a Friday. <laughs> Yay! It's, it's it's but that that just now it just felt a little bit like a Monday. A little. But but you know what's cool? My seg- <clears throat> my schedule has been really crazy lately, and I've been. Um, had to go to College Station a couple of times um, this week and the week before, and it, it gets me all confused, and I don't know what day it is. So I guess I'm just pretending like it's Monday. All right. So now that, that crazy to, Aggie land over there. I know, those Aggies. So this is the, the Extension Hour, and Extension is part of Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. And every Friday here, 1 to 2 p.m., we do the Extension Hour. Um, we take turns. So we have um, several agents in our office, and we take turns. I'm doing the extension hour, so you may be wondering, you know, where's that guy last week that was talking about the cows? I want to hear about cows again. Well, I don't talk about cows, except for when you eat them. I do talk about nutrition and food. Yes. (laughs) Um, And so uh, this is, I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. And um, next week, you'll hear Caroline Cruz, and she is our County Extension Agent for Urban Youth Development. She does a lot of 4-H work. And you'll also, the next Friday, you'll hear from Michael Potter, who is our county extension agent for horticulture, all about plants. And then I'll be back on on June 30th. So I'm pretty excited about that because I I enjoy doing the radio show because one of the things I love is bringing in community members and people who help our community. And today our guest is Deputy Steve Squire. You want to say hi, Steve? Hello. Hello, Hello, everybody. <laughs> First word jitters. Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, so, um, oh, but okay. So, Steve, first thing we do usually is just kind of talk about some of the things that we have going on in extension, um, because you know a lot of people are really surprised about what we do um, and the variety of things that we do. So, um, as I mentioned, we do have an agriculture department, and Mike Heimer is our ag agent, and he is hosting a land management um, opportunities seminar, and uh, the t- the goal of that are the yeah, the goal is developing goals. The title, developing goals, all about land management. And that's going to be on June 16th at 5 p.m. And it's going to be on site at the Billy Wood Farm. It's going to cost $20. But um, a lot of folks that are involved in land management are really interested in um, learning the kinds of things that he has to offer. Um, and then our horticulture department, our master gardeners, um, the, Ma- the Montgomery County Master Gardener Association, they do lots of cool stuff too. So they, um, tomorrow, actually, June 10th, at 9 a.m., they are doing an aquaponics workshop. Have you ever heard of aquaponics? I have not. Yes, it is. So it's pretty cool. It's like this whole system where they have they have like fish in a tank, and then the fish, the water filters through this um, garden, and it's the, the fish waste provides fertilization for the um, garden. And so then they grow like, you know, vegetables and salad kind of things. And so you have a whole kind of like little ecosystem oh, for, cool. for food. It's very cool. I was talking to the other hosts, too. Uh-huh. I, I never knew how much that y'all actually do and, and the cool things y'all do. I mean, the whole ag, you know, cold, the old agricultural department is mm-hmm. fascinating. And I never knew all that came along with it. It's so cool. See what kind of benefits there are to working here. It's awesome. Radio, I, and I would have never known. I know. And that actually, like I said, that happens to us a lot. People don't know that all the things that we do. And especially, you know, my department is family and consumer sciences because you hear agri-life and agriculture and, you know, you think, oh, farms and crops and those kinds of things, which are 
a big part of what we do. And then, um, so one of the things, like I was in College Station last week because uh, I was attending this training called Path to the, I can't talk either, Path to the Plate. And it's all about connecting agriculture and health because where our food comes from, where it grows, um, and how it's processed, you know, all the, the whole path to what we eat all affects our health. So it's, um, it's pretty cool. We're going to be doing more programming on that because one of the things that is happening in our society is um, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people see things on, on Facebook, see some things on the internet. It must be true, right? Because they said that asparagus cures cancer, right? So why are we not all eating asparagus? <laughs> So anyway, I'm not going to get into that. We will have that for a topic another time. But, um, oh, so or tomorrow, aquaponics, Master Gardeners. And then in July, so they do um, a Saturday series every, every um, once a month. So on Saturday. So July 8th, they're in a, their topic is going to be all about rainwater harvesting, which is pretty cool. And even around here, as humid as our environment is, um, even the condensation that occurs because of the humidity you can collect some of that part of rainwatering, rainwater harvesting and then use that as part of your um, gardening and all kinds of things. So pretty cool. And I've actually then, seen that in use out there in patrol. So it's, it's a really neat concept. You saw, uh, how did you, where did you So the rainwater it? collections and uh, then yeah. how you bring that over to their farms. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty awesome. I mean, it's, it's free water, right? Um, and then August 12th, they'll be covering bees, like, you know, little buzzing bees. I don't like bees. I, I'm not allergic, but I, I I don't know why. Things that sting like, scare me. I don't know. I won't be going to that one at least. Well, this is all you know, all about managing bees, but yeah, there's there's like there's a huge beekeeper association here in Montgomery County. Did you know that? So and it's it's one of those actually bees are very important for our environment and if um, we don't have enough bees it, it affects the whole ecosystem and the way things grow and Anyway, you have to go to that workshop to find out more about that because I know this much. <laughs> I like the honey that comes from the bees. All right, and then Family and Consumer Sciences, we're finishing up our Walk Across Texas project. It's been great. We've got we've had lots of people participating, people getting um, healthy, getting their good physical activity. So we, we love that project. Um, we're going to be doing some things with the summer reading program at the libraries, um, wrapping up some workplace wellness events. I mentioned the path to the plate. Oh, and another thing I'm going to be doing this summer is going to some um, conferences. We have some professional associations where we have conferences, and I'm pretty excited to report that I'm getting some awards. Um, we have a, a project called the On the Road to Healthy Living Mobile Cooking School, and it's actually getting awards um, for family health and wellness programming um, at the state level. And then also I just found out that we won um, the, at the national level as well. So first place in the nation is pretty cool. That's awesome. awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. Yep. Which along the same line, last year I submitted a clip from one of the radio programs to um, for an award. And it, it won first place at national. So it's pretty cool to get it two years in a row to get a first place. So, Steve, Impressive indeed. Thank you. You are on an award-winning radio program. It seems that way. <laughs> How exciting. With an amateur engineer but yet you know i'm helping to make this a three three peter over here i think you need to yes because i can apply for it again next year yes. and i think with having an awesome host engineer, engineer. what what is what is your title now In, engineer engineer yeah. so. I, i've been promoted from intern to engineer that that's quite a jump i mean it's, it's a little nerve-wracking <laughs> and i don't know what dick was thinking but we're, we're working on it well, so. who, who knows what dick is thinking <laughs> <laughs> beside the point all right so i'm um, in the car seat checks and if we have time we will talk about that more yes indeed but we want to get into what the topic is um for today 
So we have Deputy Steve Squire, who is the coordinator for the Montgomery County Crime Stoppers. Yes, ma'am. So, Steve, tell us more about you and about Crime Stoppers and the good things that you guys do. Okay. Well, next week I'll celebrate my seventh year working for the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office. So a little excited about that. That's cool. Um, I was in patrol in the northeast part of the county for the first several years that I was here, actually stationed just next door to your office. Oh, really? And I'm surprised to hear about so many things that I had no idea was going on <laughs> next door to where I was stationed. Well, it's because we also behave ourselves well. I suppose, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, back in 2013, I was asked to become the volunteer coordinator assistant. And so that meant I got to stay in patrol and still help the full-time coordinator. And I did that. I enjoyed that. And then back in November of 2013, I was invited to go to a Texas Crime Stoppers conference in place of our full-time coordinator. She, uh-huh. she was with child and real close <laughs> to her due date and didn't want to travel away from home. And so I, uh, I gladly accepted and went down to Corpus Christi, signed into my hotel room and checked my email and found where she had resigned. Oh, no. Well, so, I mean, it's good for her, uh, maybe. It was, the it baby, was. But surprise! Yep. She <laughs> wanted to stay home, take care of her baby. Completely understandable. Um, so the next day when I was surprised to find out that the chief was given the governor's address at the conference, oh. um, he found me in the crowd afterwards and asked if I was interested in the job. I was terrified thinking, no, I really love patrol. <laughs> um, but I did take the, the hint and it was probably the best move I've ever made is moving over to Crime Stoppers. I just really enjoy it. Good. You never know where life will lead you. You go to a conference and you end up with a new job. Or how much you'll love it, right? That's this right. is true. This is true. All right, so let's um, talk a little bit more about. So, uh, tell us how did where did Crime Stoppers come from? And okay, so uh, Crime Stoppers actually was a concept that started in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, there was a group of detectives that were kind of throwing the idea around of doing some crime scene interacting, um, putting it on the TV, some reenactments, maybe offering some rewards, uh, toss around the idea of doing some um, anonymous tips, uh, the capability of of not being identified and everything. And then back in uh, July of 1976, there was a case that came along where a gentleman named Michael Carmen. he was a student of the University of New Mexico. Uh, he worked at a convenience store. And one night, just two weeks before he was due to be married to his high school sweetheart, uh, one of his friends asked him to cover the shift. And during that shift, the store was robbed. For some unknown reason, two people came in. And uh, after robbing the store, they shot Michael Carmen uh, with a 12 gauge to his chest from probably less than 10 feet away. Mm. <clears throat> so Michael, he, he didn't die immediately. He lived on for about four agonizing hours. But because of his injuries, he was unable to tell uh, Detective McAleese or any of the investigators anything about the crime. Uh, for some reason, this particular crime struck a chord with Detective McAleese. Greg McAleese promised the family of Michael Carmen that he would find out whoever did this to their son and he would make sure that justice is served. Wow. So he decided this was the perfect case to take the concept that they had been kind of tossing around and put it in action. So they partnered with Coat TV over there in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and some local businesses to offer rewards. And they did the first reenactment and put it out on the TV. And surprisingly enough, after working six weeks of having no tips or no information come in that would help them solve that case, within 72 hours after putting the reenactment on TV, they had tips coming in. Oh, wow. Power of TV. Power of TV, indeed. Most definitely. And so, for some reason, uh, somebody had a license plate of a car, and this car had been witnessed speeding away, and for some reason, they kept that license plate for over six weeks. They kept that note. And then when they had that opportunity to call in anonymously, they called in, and that led to the identification and subsequent arrest of both of the people involved in the homicide. Oh, wow. And it grew from there. But we're going to have to take a break. That's like a dun-dun-dun, right? Stay (laughs) tuned to learn more. That's right, learn more what happened next. 
All right, so you are listening to Lone Star Community Radio 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide on www.irlonestar.com. And it's probably going to come up next as a liner, but that's okay. I I like to say it as well. So stay tuned. We'll be back. Remember to download the Lone Star Community Radio app from your Google Play Apple Store. Bring Montgomery County's Community Radio with you anywhere with your smartphone or tablet. If you are in the Conroe area, tune in on FM 104.5-106.1. If you are on your computer, bookmark IRLoneStar.com as your internet radio station. Lone Star Community Radio broadcasting 24-7 from the heart of downtown Conroe, Texas. And we're back. Good afternoon. This is Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Consumer Sciences with Texas A&M AgriLife Extension Service. That's almost as much as you have to say, right? Right, right. So when you tell people who you are, you say you are? Deputy Steve Swire with Montgomery County Sheriff's Office and also the coordinator for Montgomery County Crime Stoppers. That is a mouthful as well. Yes, ma'am. So we are really glad to have you with us, Deputy Squire. And um, so right before we went to break, we were talking about um, why Crime Stoppers even existed. And you, we had kind of like a little bit of a cliffhanger because you were telling us about the story of Michael Carmen, Michael Carmen, and what happened to him. And then the deputy. Deputy who, Greg McAleese. Yeah. So what happened then? Okay, well, after they generated a lot of tips and they found out the two people that had actually killed Michael Carmen, uh, tips continued to come in. And they had tips that solved sexual assaults, some minor crimes, some thefts that weren't even part of the reenactment. So those were tips. They like, okay, so they were trying to find out what happened to Michael Carmen, but people were telling them about other things they had seen as well, like they thought that maybe it related to what happened to Michael, or how did that? Actually, we believe it's because uh, fear and apathy. People were afraid to get involved. And yeah. so whenever they put out the tip for Michael Carmen and this anonymous tip line that had never been used before, it gave people a way to communicate with the police and tell us information that they could not do before without meeting face-to-face with a police officer or talking to them and identifying themselves on the phone. And so they took advantage of that anonymous yeah. capability and, and called in for all types of different crimes. So we kind of take it for granted now, I think, that you could just you could call in and you could tell them. Um, but, but you're saying that that was, that was a pretty novel concept at the time, that it was something that hadn't really happened. Indeed. Um, and I think another thing maybe that happens, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but like people think that surely someone else said something, right? Oh, that like, happens so often in law yeah. enforcement, yes. Uh, it's just like with the major crashes. So we have a crash on the highway of 45. If it's a minor fender bender, we have dozens and dozens of calls coming in. Mm-hmm. But a major crash... People will not call because everybody assumes somebody else already has. That's interesting. Very interesting. All right, so Crime Stoppers, people call in. Yes, ma'am. So um, it developed from that. It developed from yep. that into uh, what it is now. Um, actually, civic leaders from across the United States heard about Detective McAleese's program in Albuquerque, and they decided, hey, that is a novel idea. Let's try it. And mm-hmm. so they started emulating that program across the United States, um, and it, it became successful all anywhere it was taken. So when did it get to Texas? In 1981, it became uh, a program in Texas. Mm-hmm. Where did it start in Texas? So at? El Paso actually oh. was the first program in Texas. It was it like making its way from Arizona across? Or? I, I suppose so. They were close <laughs> enough. Is where there they... more crime in El Paso? Why, why El Paso? I'm so, just curious. Who knows? <laughs> well, El Paso does have its challenges, that's for sure. sure. And uh, I guess the people heard about what happened in Albuquerque, and they decided mm-hmm. to be the first ones. Now, they, 
I don't know that they were the first program ever in Texas, but they mm -hmm. were the first certified program in Texas. And we'll talk okay. about what a certification uh, happens soon. Okay. So when did it uh, come to Montgomery County? Okay. So we were actually uh, just behind El Paso. And so we were also in 1981, but we were about five months behind. We were in July of 1981 okay. when Montgomery County Crime Stoppers became a certified program. Okay. So you said there's ways to become certified. So not all Crime Stoppers are exactly the same. There's not like a, there's, is there like a, You're, tell us about how that you happens are, before I yep. No, you are <laughs> absolutely on. correct. So Crime Stoppers is not a copyrighted name, and anybody can go out there and decide, I want a community program to make my community safer, and they mm -hmm. can start a Crime Stoppers program. Hmm. And that happens a lot of time with a uh, with small group of community. They want to establish it, or they partner with their police agency, and they want to start one. Um, but it's not a certified program. So Texas, back in 1981, actually June 10th, 1981, they created House Bill 1681, which created the office of the governor's office has the Crime Stoppers Division underneath the Criminal Justice Division. And they created the Crime Stopper Council, and the council is there to help programs become certified and operate in a, a standard operating way. Mm -hmm. uh, so whereas anybody can start a program, to become a certified program, you have to go through a few steps first. So you have to be a 501c3 nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. You have to file with the Texas Secretary of State, the Comptroller's Office, and, and jump through a few other hoops. And then you go before the Texas Crime Stoppers Council, and you gain approval to operate within, in whichever area you operate in. You can actually have multiple Crime Stoppers organizations working in the same area. Ah, so do we have, what, how many do we, do we have more than one in Montgomery County or is it just we have, Squire and Company? Well, <laughs> we have uh, Montgomery County Crime Stoppers, mm -hmm. which is now doing business as multi-county Crime Stoppers because back in oh. October of 2014, we branched out and we service all of Montgomery County, all of Liberty County, and all of San Jacinto County. Oh, wow. So That's one program for it all. Yeah, it's a lot of area to cover. It is, it is, but... Uh, Liberty County had lost their Crime Stopper program in 1995, and San Jacinto County's program had fallen apart. Uh, in 20, what was it, 2013? I was asked to go help them out, mm -hmm. and we just decided that their program was so far gone, it was better to go ahead and just uh, let their program disassemble, and then Montgomery County Crime Stoppers would reach out and provide the services. Well, good, good, good. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about. So, what? How, how do you stop crime? How does Crime Stoppers stop crime? Okay, well. Um, it's actually a pretty novel idea. By Texas law, anyone that gets probation, that's adult or juvenile, can be assessed a one-time fee of up to $50, which is payable to Crime Stoppers. Here in Montgomery County, the courts make it real simple. If you're convicted of a felony, you pay the maximum $50 fine. In a misdemeanor, it's a $25 fine. Adult probation, juvenile probation, they collect those fees, and then they give them to Crime Stoppers. We use those fees to pay the reward money for information leading to other people who have done crimes or the location of other felons. Oh, wow. So it's really neat. Your tax dollars don't pay for the rewards, but other criminals are paying for tips <laughs> and information on the criminals that we're and looking do, for today. So when they're paying that, do they know that that's where it goes? Oh, I'm sure do they, they go, do, yeah. Go catch other, other criminals. Absolutely. Interesting. That's convenient. <laughs> I know. It works out well that way. Let's, let's, yeah, I, I like that. So no, no taxpayer dollars. I mean, people sometimes are, you know, I mean, we're, we're in tight times and budget cuts. And so there's not any money coming from the Montgomery County Commissioner's Court the county budget that goes to Crime Stoppers. It's all through fines. That's correct. The, That's the awesome. program is supported by criminals. Um, and as long as you are a <laughs> certified program, criminals. <laughs> as long as you're a certified program, you can have access to those fees in your area of operation. And the only oh. tax dollar that actually goes to the program would be my salary as a deputy of the sheriff's office. Ah, okay. So then what does the money go for? Okay. So 80% of those funds are locked into a restricted account that can only be used to pay rewards. 
And so that way there's longevity guaranteed in the program. We're not going to go out there and buy a big giant Hummer or something like that and drive around <laughs> looking like we're CSI Miami. Um, and that's and, a good way to catch criminals. Yes, and the then have no money to pay rewards. Yeah. So 80% of it must be used just to pay the rewards. So if someone's worrying, you know, I'm not going to, I mean, I, so I'm thinking that people maybe that the money is not necessarily the thing that um, causes them to, to call to, in to, to do a tip. Right. I mean, it's not like, Oh, I need a thousand bucks. I'm going to call in this tip, but you couldn't be more right. Actually uh, out of the, on average, hundred to 200 tips we get a month, mm -hmm. only about three to five on average go to the uh, board of, for a recommendation of reward. Okay. We have so many tipsters that just simply want that avenue to talk, talk to police, give us the information anonymously, mm -hmm. not have to go in front of the court and point the finger at the bad guy who is oftentimes a family member mm -hmm. or a family friend. Um, so they just want that anonymous capability of calling in and telling police, this is who did it, or this is where the bad guy's located. Uh -huh. And so a lot of people, they won't even take the tip number when it's given to them initially, or they'll say, I'm not interested in the reward, just put it back into the program. Good to know. So it's because the citizens here are just great citizens. <laughs> yes, this is a great place to live. All right, so Crime Stoppers, one of the reasons why it's a great place to live is because we, I mean, we don't know exactly on the statistics of what the crime rates are, but we do know some statistics on what Crime Stoppers has prevented. So tell us about some of that. For sure. So I brought with me some stats. Uh, we can first start talking about the state level. Okay. So, you know, Crime Stoppers across the state have programs that are your general adult programs, just like ours, and it covers the whole area. And then they have school programs as well that are certified to operate just in the schools. So when you start looking at programs across the great state of Texas, we have a little more than 155 programs across the state. And out of those 155 programs, last year alone in 2016, $1.2 million was paid out in rewards. Wow. Yeah, and $2.8 million. That's better than the lottery. <laughs> Maybe not. <laughs> it can be. But out of that $1.2 million paid out in rewards, $2.8 million was uh, the value of stolen property that was recovered because of Crime Stoppers tips. Ah. Uh, 5,000 suspects were arrested, and you can't put a dollar sign on how much it would cost a police agency to investigate that crime, uh, to put the detectives behind it and figure out who did it and where the bad guy is and go find them. That's 5,000 bad guys they didn't have to do that on oh, because wow. a Crime Stoppers tipper, tipster helped us close that case. Nice. Yeah. They cleared over 3.7 million, uh, sorry, thousand cases last year alone just because of Crime Stoppers. Uh, really, really beneficial program. One of the scary numbers is when you start looking at the schools, you see that we paid $50,000 in rewards to students alone last year. Oh, wow. And the, and across the state uh, with only over, was it 2,000 cases that they uh, cleared and 111 weapons taken out of schools because of Crime Stoppers. So we're keeping our families safer, our community safer, um, by people just calling in and giving some tips anonymously. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so that 111 weapons is a scary number when you think that's just the ones Crime Stoppers held. That's not counting in, in, what... And in Texas. Yeah. It's so just that's Texas just the alone. ones that were known in Texas. Yeah. Wow. That, that is kind of scary. But it is good to know that we've got avenues for protecting our families. So we're going uh, to have to take another break, but we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more about Crime Stoppers and the things that you do and then maybe some of the other things that you do with the Montgomery County Sheriff's Office. And you are listening to Lone Star Internet. Or it's also on the internet worldwide on IRLoneStar.com, but this is Community Radio Now. So <laughs> FM 105, 104.5 and 106.1. We'll be right back. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? 
Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com slash sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776 with your questions. Get seen on TV, YouTube, and heard on our podcast, FM, and internet radio. Support your local radio station with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back this afternoon. This is the Extension Hour. You're listening to Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. And I have the illustrious Deputy Steve Squire with me here today, who is also, yay, (laughs) you've got a cheering section. No doubt. That's awesome. Um, you are the coordinator for the Crime Stoppers here in Montgomery County and Liberty and San Jacinto County. Yes, ma'am. Oh, uh, we just mentioned that. And you were telling us some really um, interesting statistics about um, the the things that um, Crime Stoppers has done. And I, like I said, I think that for, for a lot of us, we kind of take it for granted. I mean, we've heard it for a long time. It does good. But, you know, when you put some of those numbers and those figures, it's, it's, it's um, a really nice picture of what's actually happening. So tell us some more about... Some of those Crime Stopper numbers that. Oh yeah, I'd love to. So you know, last year Texas Crime Stopper celebrated our 35th anniversary right here in Conroe at the oh, Texas wow. Adult Conference. So we hosted that. We we're very proud of that. And out of the 35 years that they've done business, we've got some stats that will really open your eyes as to what Crime Stoppers can do. If you stop and think about the fact that in 35 years, 191,000 suspects have been arrested because of Crime Stoppers tips alone. Wow. That proves the program works. Just that number by itself. So in Texas. In Texas. Without much else like investigating or whatever absolutely a thousand people over a thousand oh, no 191,000 191,000 okay yep. so yeah see so you were short sounded there I, I, like, well, just a tad. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know numbers in my head really well <laughs> all right so 191,000 suspects suspects were apprehended just because somebody called in and said hey this is something you should know absolutely so, all of those hours and hours and hours of investigation don't have to happen because you can go find them. Because Crime Stoppers can just answer the phone call and then send detectives and where they need to go. Nice. Yep. All right, tell me another number. Okay. I'm going to listen real close this time. 260,838 offenses were cleared. That means people who were victimized because their home was robbed or they were assaulted or any number of crimes. Most of these are all going to be felony crimes also. Okay, so serious ones. Serious, very serious crimes. Over 260,000 cases were cleared because someone picked up that phone and called Crime Stoppers. Wow. So out of that, since inception, we've paid over $43 million in rewards. Ooh, that's a lot. $4.3 million. It's a lot. $43 million. $43 $43 million. There's another zero there. You're, you're, you're getting better. You're getting better. You're, that was closer. 43 million. That's, I like 43 million more than 4 million. So 40, 43 million did what? So $43 million in rewards were approved to be paid out to tipsters ah, so since inception. That's, that's a yep. lot of money. Now, we were talking about those people who aren't interested in the money at all. Mm-hmm. Most of those never even go to the approval process. So that's not even in this $43 million. But when so you that's add just that, what was actually paid out. That's what was actually okay. paid out. But when you add to that, that we have $1.9 million in rewards that were left unclaimed. So they went all the way through the process of getting approved through the Civilian Board of Trustees, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. And then never, for, for whatever reason, never went to the bank and picked up their money. Wow. So it's a big deal. Um, recovered property, how does $260 million worth of recovered property sound to you? Because of Crime Stoppers tipsters. Wow. That sounds, so tell me again, $260 million. Yep. And then the biggest number and the one that uh, is probably more eye-opening, how about $1 billion, $153 million in narcotics seized because of Crime Stoppers? Ooh, that's a lot of drugs. That's a lot of drugs. <laughs> wow. Over a billion dollars of drugs and, seized. And 
and t- statewide. Statewide. But just wow. in Texas. Yep, this just, is a big state, but that's a big number. It is. That's a huge that's number. That's a huge number. <laughs> uh, so it was probably a drop Even in the bucket that. as to what law enforcement has done by themselves. I guess, But yeah. when you think that that's $1 billion worth of drugs taken off our streets because of Crime Stoppers, that's a significant number. So are those high-dollar drugs? So that's, they, that's, <laughs> That is everything from the low-dollar, yeah. the, the marijuana, everything, and yeah. all the way up. Wow. Everything. Man, that's Over a, a billion, yep. That's that's shocking. And that's that's in what what kind of time frame are we talking about? That's in the last thirty five years. Thirty okay. Thirty five years. If you look at our Montgomery County program though, because our listeners really, really don't care about the state, they right. want to know what their local What's program is doing. What's happening here at home? Absolutely. So when you look at their program, in the last thirty five years since we've been operating, how does nine million three hundred and fifty eight hundred thousand dollars worth of drugs seized sound to you? Nine million dollars taken off the streets in Montgomery County alone because of Crime Stoppers. Wow. So we have a big share of that. <laughs> we do. We do. We have a lot of people here. When you add that with the recovered property, we've recovered just shy of $17 million worth of drugs and stolen property because of Crime Stoppers right here in Montgomery County. That's incredible. I, that I never knew that they, I, I guess I never realized how much that y'all do for the county and, and for the state. That's incredible. So, And I'm thinking in terms too, I mean, that's not even, like you said, um, accounting for the amount of money that's saved because they don't have to spend the money to... Um, draw out an investigation to, to do all the searching that you have to do to figure something out. And then all those ones that could, that would likely go unsolved um, or unresolved because you, you reach a dead end or, or whatever. So Absolutely. That's, that's, that's amazing. Just like to take a McAleese's case. I mean, six weeks sure. he investigated it. And then within 72 hours of Crime Stoppers being created, there's your solution. Wow. I did have a question for you. I wanted to know. <laughs> Jake the engineer. The, Jake the engineer has a question. <laughs> I wanted to know if. How does it work? How, how do county, how do different county uh, crime stoppers work together? So if somebody from Houston knows about a crime that happened in Montgomery, do they call, do they have to call the Montgomery County Crime Stoppers or can they call their local Crime Stoppers? How does that work? Okay. It's a really interesting question because the way Crime Stoppers functions is just amazing. Uh, so a lot of programs exist all over, 155 programs. Right. Crime Stoppers of Houston, our neighbors, they do take tips for us. On occasion, people don't know or they recognize that phone number from TV that's for Houston Crime Stoppers, not Montgomery County Crime Stoppers. So when they get that call, they know that I take care of Montgomery County Crime Stoppers and they'll take that tip and then forward it on to me. And then it happens again with me for uh, all over the place. So uh, Crime Stoppers of Lufkin and I seem to get a lot of tips for each other. (laughs) And after I took over this job, I realized that Montgomery County um, is actually a popular name. There are about six Montgomery counties in the United States that I found so far (laughs) who have Crime Stopper programs and I get tips for all of them. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so you have to call Maryland and say, hey. Forward <laughs> that tip on to them. Yep. Yes, okay. ma'am. Yes, wow. Ma'am. That's so y'all work. Y'all are pretty tight, I guess would be the best way to say it. Y'all work very well together, huh? Very, very well together. Yes, we do. Uh, we go to conferences every year and there's a lot of uh, cooperation and teamwork and you, you get to figure out what the other guy's doing to make his job easier and then bring that back home. Share some tactics. Absolutely. <laughs> there we go. Share some secrets. Absolutely. Catch some bad guys. And I guess it helps that uh, because Crime Stoppers is kind of, it's down in the shadows. Not a lot of people know about it. There are only two softwares that we can use. It's been created for us. So most programs are on one or the other. And both of those programs have a list of all the Crime Stopper programs. And so when I have a tip that goes somewhere else, it's as simple as taking a few clicks of my mouse and sending it to the correct program. Oh, nice. Hmm. So even if I don't know someone in the other program, chances are I can get it to them very easily. Because the time is important. I mean, when those tips come in, they may be like some, like, you know, whatever, he's there now. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that he's going to be there tomorrow. So if you don't act quickly. Um, so time of time is of the essence. Yes, it is. <laughs> okay, so 
um, let's talk about the tipping process. Okay. So what, how does that how does that work? Okay. So people in Montgomery County have three ways they can get tips to us. My favorite is the call center, and we contract with a call center down in Laporte, Texas. And that call center is there just to take Crime Stopper tips for Crime Stoppers programs across North America. There are two that I'm aware of, two call centers. One's in Ontario, and the other one is in Laporte. Oh, wow. So, and for, for all of them in the nation? Yes, ma'am. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So we decided to work with the one out of Laporte because they speak East Texan. <laughs> nice. So what, they take all of our tips, and they have trained operators that will, first off, pull as much information as they can from the tipster, fill out all the, all the blanks that I need so that I have the best chance of solving the case or finding the bad guy. Um, the other two ways are text tipping or using the web service. And it relies on the tipster to go into the form and fill out every blink in the form so I can get the information. Mm -hmm. So the call center is great because they will interrupt the tipster and, and pull as much information as they can out. Um, they also will do that in such a way that when they're typing in the tip, they're not going to put the tipster's name. They're not going to put the tipster's address. They won't even use what sex the tipster is. Because it's anonymous. It is anonymous. <laughs> it's actually state yeah. law that is a class A misdemeanor. Someone reveals the identity of a tipster. So we take uh -huh. it very serious that Crime Stoppers is completely anonymous. So the call center will do a great job of that. And that way, when I get the tip, the chances of me even being able to figure out who the tipster is are pretty slim. Mm -hmm. If there's any information that comes in when I see the tip, I will then go through it again and redact any information that can identify that tipster before I send it out to investigators. So that's my favorite way to tip, and that's 1-800-392-STOP. Now, the next way is our website, MontgomeryCountyCrimeStoppers.org, mm -hmm. and you can simply click the leave a tip, and it'll take you to an online form where they can fill out a form and tell us about what type of tip they're wanting to tell us about and fill in all the information with the who, what, when, where, and why. Again, that's relying on them to fill out all the blanks. So a lot of tipsters want to go right down to the big blank at the bottom and just give me two or three sentences. Mm -hmm. That's a big challenge for us. But if they do the form complete, it's a, it's a real big help for investigators altogether. A lot of people are worried about, well, are you are you taking down my IP address? Right. Or, or my email because address. Because it's anonymous. It is anonymous. <laughs> so the way we get around that is that there's actually no information coming from their computer to mine. They go online to a database on a server that's in Canada, and they yeah. fill out the form. That information is stored there, and then I get an email saying the form is there. So I'll access that database and look at the form. It has no information tying me back to their computer. No way I can trace it back to them. Good to know. Yep. The last way is a free uh, smartphone app. It's called P3 Tips by Anderson Software, and it's uh, free for your Android and uh, Apple devices. And so then they can go on, and this is very popular in our schools. They can leave the same kind of tip. They're accessing the same form, just like we talked about online. Um, with the differences, they can give us screenshots. They can give us video, uh, audio, or picture clips. And I get a lot of that from students in school. So we've actually had tips coming in for stuff such as kids skipping school and, and going out and drinking. And uh, and they want to post it on their Snapchat and stuff. And mm -hmm. so students will send me screenshots of that Snapchat and tell me who's doing what, when, and where. <laughs> Gotta love social media. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. So, okay. So someone gives you a tip, then what happens next? All right. From that point on, uh, we'll investigate the tip. Sadly, a lot of times, most of my tips come in after the fact. So I get a tip and we already know who the person is, or we've already located and arrested that person, or oftentimes they'll turn themselves in because we do the featured felons every week. Okay. So I'll first investigate the tip and find out, is the person still wanted? And then from that point, figure out who needs that information. So if it's on an active case, I'll figure out who the investigator is and send it out. Now I work for the sheriff's office, but Crime Stoppers works for every police agency here in Montgomery County, Liberty County, and San Jacinto County. So I have a coordinator with every agency, and I can send that information to and say, here, this is what you need to close your case. So that's it, everywhere from local to county to state and even federal? 
And so, absolutely. L uh, law enforcement levels. All okay. law enforcement levels. All right. Uh, we've actually worked with uh, Texas Rangers on a few cases. Uh, oh, wow. Cold case from San Jacinto County, um, all the way down to the locals on, on, on just uh, average cases. Okay. So, we do have the partners everywhere, and each county has a coordinator such as myself that will help disseminate throughout their county to their local smaller agencies. Okay. So, how do I get my money? Very good question. <laughs> this is my favorite part is paying the reward. So, not every tip gets a reward. We'll talk about that. So we tell people that Crime Stoppers pays up to a thousand dollars, and most people only hear that's a thousand dollar reward. Right. <laughs> yeah. Where's my money? <laughs> yep. So sadly, it is up to a thousand dollars, and our software will actually give us a, a bit of a uh, recommendation for what that reward should be. And we take several things into consideration, such as the type of crime, how many people were arrested, uh, if anything was seized, such as drugs or narcotics, and uh, that will give us the number of what that value is worth. Then we have to take that to our civilian board of trustees and they will vote on what the reward will pay out. We'll go to a bank and put that money in an envelope. It's almost like a drug deal. We then take it to another <laughs> bank. You're learning from the criminals. Ex exactly. <laughs> we take it to another bank and we leave it there and the tipster has an ID number and a password so they never have to identify themselves. Because it's anonymous. It is anonymous. Then they go to that bank and they simply give that a tip number and that password. The bank will have two tellers verify that and send out the cash like they made a withdrawal, and you never actually have to meet law enforcement to get your reward. Wow. Because I would assume that maybe sometimes probably some tips come from some people who may not want to be identified for reasons of because they don't want to face law enforcement, but be I'm not making any judgment. Because they don't want to be caught by crime stoppers. <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> How, we, could, we, could have, we could have a whole conversation about that, but we're almost out of time for this segment but we're going to come back and we're going to talk some more because i want to also talk about other things that you do as well um, but you are listening to lone star community radio right here on 104.5 and 106.1 and uh, worldwide on www.irlonestar.com she's we'll getting be right better back. ladies I know. and gentlemen <laughs> monday it's almost friday <laughs> Lone Star Community Radio is ready for the summer. If you or anyone you know is looking for summer internships, Lone Star Community Radio is a great place to learn the radio and TV business. Contact the station at info at IRLoneStar.com or call the station's message line at 936-647-3776. Lone Star Community Radio offers a great opportunity to those interested in learning about the radio world. And we're back. This is a Friday afternoon. You're listening to the Extension Hour. And we are here every Friday afternoon. And even though this show started out like a Monday because we were tripping over our words, we're getting to a Friday. And so it is Friday afternoon. We're just having fun and ready for the weekend. <laughs> Says Jake the Engineer. <laughs> and then we also have the Deputy Steve Squire with us today. We've been talking about Crime Stoppers and all the great things that Crime Stoppers does. And, um, you know, so... I, what I do is family and consumer sciences. So anything that's related to families, anything that's related to consumers. And unfortunately, one of the things that threatens families and consumers is crimes that occur. So robberies and um, personal threats and I, I mean, all kinds. So it's it's all kinds of, of crimes that you guys, but you, do, you focus more on felonies. Yes, indeed. Okay. So misdemeanors, if yeah. I give you a tip about somebody running a stop sign out here or driving crazy, that's not going to get yeah, not me or you anywhere. Huh? Uh, law enforcement <laughs> okay. has to on view those type of crimes. Um, but even when we're talking about regular felon, uh, misdemeanor crimes, uh, misdemeanor assaults and thefts and mm -hmm. stuff like that, 
Crime Stoppers can certainly take that information. We can help investigators close those cases. Um, but because our bylaws are written in such a way, we really only can pay those rewards for felony-type cases. So you, let me just clarify. You can take tips for any kind of crime that's yeah. occurring. But yes, yes. as far as the, the, the rewards that pay out, up to $1,000, not always $1,000, sometimes less. Yep. So th those are for felonies only. Felonies only for that and, one. And so top 10 felonies are the kinds of ones that you really want to solve, but uh, but any kind of felony, right? Any kind of felony, uh, yep. So we do a, a top 10 um, featured felons every week. We feature 10 felons, um, not necessarily the worst of the worst, um, but it's 10 new felons every week we try to put out there in the papers. And that is kind of our bread and butter is what most of our tips come in off of that are narcotics. Um, but I just want people to understand that those aren't the only people Crime Stoppers is looking for. If you know where there is any felon out there or you know who is the felon that we're looking for, mm -hmm. uh, that kind of information can still get your reward. And as we mentioned earlier, too, not it doesn't necessarily have to be just in Montgomery County. Correct. Right? So maybe some there's a, there's a shady out-of-towner here that you think is uh, maybe has – you have some reason to know that they've committed some type of felony. You can obviously call the Montgomery County Crime Stoppers, and you guys can transfer them to where that tip needs to go. Absolutely. We, we've even had cases where our felons were located in other districts. We've paid rewards for that all the way up. Well, we had a couple in Florida. A couple of top 10 were in Florida, and oh, they called wow. us from Florida. Uh, we've also had people who are wanted elsewhere who were located here in Montgomery County, and we'll certainly pay that reward here to get them out of our county. So um, the other thing we want to clarify, make sure that people understand that it's run by a board of directors. It's not law enforcement that I mean, besides you as the um, coordinator for that, it's not um, law enforcement that's actually running Crime Stoppers. That's correct. I handle the day-to-day -day basis, uh, all the all the general business for Crime Stoppers, but the program is actually run by a civilian board of trustees who are all complete volunteers. So no one makes money off of this program except for the people getting the rewards. Nice. And the criminals are paying for it. And the criminals <laughs> are paying for it. Do you all, all right. have a, like... Civilian volunteer work that you know, if anybody wants to like help out, I mean, clerical stuff or, or anything like that. Y'all do any be volunteer a crime stopper? work? So, well, um, <laughs> unless you want to come to my office and help out, I don't really know that I have that kind of opportunities <laughs> oh, around. I want to be a crime stopper. But they, one, I, the sheriff's department does have a citizens academy, though, right? Yes, the citizens indeed. academy. It's, I'm also the coordinator for that, and we oh. have a lot of volunteer work with the citizen academy. So there that's you a go. Great program. You could be a citizen deputy. Crime stopper. Yes. You could stop crime that way. <laughs> all right. Yeah. It's all, and, and so what do you do for that? Like, is there anything special that you do for that specifically? Or Well, I'm the coordinator for that. So I put the whole program <laughs> together. Um, we actually just graduated 34 people from our Citizens Academy class oh, nice. on 17.1 last night. And I'll be playing in the next class, which will start in August and go until November, just before Thanksgiving. And is it like a boot camp? No, not at all, actually. So it's... <laughs> so I have to be it's, physically active, which is good. It's important to be physically active. but right. It's nothing like the police academy, and so we don't certify you in anything, but it is a, a partnership program where we bring in people to, from the community, and they get to really get a behind-the-scenes look at the sheriff's office. They get to meet a lot of the different departments that the sheriff's office has. Uh, so like on one night, we'll bring in SWAT and hostage negotiations, and they'll talk about what they do and show the tools they use it and let people know that it's really not like TV is. Uh, <laughs> just like the night in uh, CSI where we talk about Crime Lab, mm -hmm. and we show people it's not quite as easy as it is on TV. <laughs> you know, they always solve them so quickly on television. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but it is a very rewarding program. Currently, it's 12 weeks long, and we only ask that uh, you come on a, well, this last class was Thursday night for two hours. Oh. And after that 12 weeks, uh, you've got a pretty good in-depth uh, view of how the sheriff's office works. That's awesome. So that's a, it's a really good way to volunteer, give back to the community. It is. The graduates, they join the Alumni Association, and we have uh, people. Uh, well, I've got a good friend, David Handy. He's one of our alumni members for the last five years. He's donated at least 1,000 hours a year. 
uh, by coming oh, into wow. the sheriff's office and doing some work that saved us from having to hire clerks to do that kind of work. Yeah. And we have several volunteers that do stuff just like that. They're <laughs> tremendous help. So another um, thing that I know the um, Citizens Academy volunteers for is they help with a big um, child safety seat checkup event that we have. Yes, um, but then, so then that's also how I got to meet you is through um, checking safety seats, make sure that our children are are strapped in safely. Oh, yes. Um, so, and uh, Penny Fry is one of our friends. Good she, friend. She's good friend. awesome the yeah. way she like coordinates all of those um, safety seat checkup events. But um, they uh, do those on a monthly basis, right? Did she, Penny sent you some? Uh, she did. So uh, we actually do a car seat check every month, at least every month. And this is a free program to where people can bring in their cars, their children, their car seats, and we'll verify that the children is correct for the seat. The seat's a good fit for the car and educate them on the proper use because we've learned that uh, national stats say that 73 to 90 percent of all car seats are installed incorrectly so that's seven to nine kids out of every 10 kids yeah are not completely put in that seat correctly and i want to mention too it's this is not a crime stoppers event it's not like we're looking for parents that don't have their kids strapped in carefully no, uh, very right? good point this I is mean, an education we, event yeah totally just let's keep the kids safe because yeah. it can get kind of confusing the car and the seat and the kid and how those all work together and what is the law now and what was it before and and what's more not what's more important but um when you're talking about putting a child into a safety seat the law of, of physics <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> versus the law of the land i mean you know the um, we say that you should keep your child rear facing as long as possible, but the law says you can turn them around what at one, at one now, but at, but still that's not the safest thing for them. So it's the child safety seat checkup events are all about just teaching um, parents how to keep their children safe, not about oh, catching absolutely. anybody. <laughs> we, we have to tell all the officers that work in this program and mm -hmm. it's not just sheriff's office. There's a big coalition of people that right. help out uh, uh, the hospital district and others, Conroe PD, sheriff's office, a bunch of us work together. Mm -hmm. And we have to take our cop hats off when we do this job and just really think about providing education to the parents to make those children more safe. Yeah. So an, an event coming up soon, right? We've got one in uh, July. We do. Yep. Uh, July 6th, it's going to be in Willis. And uh, then on Wednesdays at Montgomery County Hospital District, they do checks. Oh, yeah. Every Wednesday. Every Wednesday. Yeah. But we always have one the first Thursday of every month unless there's some special event going on, such as when it's time for the National Night Out event. We'll do a big mm -hmm. safety check down there. And if someone's interested in... in getting into that program, um, it's a free program, you can go to mococids.org, that's M-O-C-O kids.org, and you can fill out uh, the form for uh, a spot to have your seat checked, or you can call Penny Fry at 832-919-7233, and she can help you get scheduled for that free inspection. Yeah, and then I just mentioned at my office too, I've got some uh, booster seats for children four years or 40 pounds and older, um, and, and larger <laughs> for um, booster seats that I can uh, install in uh, seat and uh, for families oh, as yeah. well. So, um, all right. So you just, you gave us Penny's number. You want to repeat that real quick? Yep. So the number to get an appointment for your car seat check would be 832-919-7233. And the Crime Stoppers number is? 1-800-392-STOP. Do you know the numbers for stop? 787. <laughs> Oh, he knows those. And then the number at the county extension office, Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, is 936-539-7825. We're all about educating and helping um, Texans make their lives better. And so we love doing the extension hour every Friday right here on Lone Star Community Radio <laughs> worldwide at www.irlonestar.com. And um, every Friday, you'll hear somebody different. But today, I'm Amy Ressler, County Extension Agent for Family and Consumer Sciences. And thank you so much for being here, Deputy Steve Squire. It's been my pleasure. Thanks for having me over. It was nice to meet you, sir. And, thank and you for your service. Jake, the engineer, thanks for 
Yeah, no longer Jake the Intern. <laughs> is it weird calling me Jake the Engineer? Is it um, compared to Jake the Intern? Yeah, no. no? It's, it's fine. Okay. Either way, I'm good. Right. I, I like you, Jake. All right, good. You're cool. Good, good. <laughs> you can stay. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> like I have anything to say about it. <laughs> so this is the Extension Hour. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for checking out this podcast of Lone Star Community Radio, Montgomery County's community radio station. If you enjoyed this recording, make sure to check out our past shows online at IRLoneStar.com or their respected video or podcast formats on YouTube, Google Play, or iTunes. If you have any questions regarding the show, either it being about sponsorships or questions for the host, contact the station manager at D-I-C-K at IRLoneStar.com or call the station at 936 647 3776. This show was recorded in downtown Conroe, Texas at the Lone Star Community Radio Studio. And Lone Star Community Radio reserves all rights to this recording and images.